The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are for informational purposes only and solely those of the podcast participants, contributors, and guests, and do not constitute an endorsement by or necessarily represent the views of the Hartford or its affiliates. You're listening to the Small Biz Ahead podcast, brought to you by the Hartford. So, Gene, today we're going to talk about a topic that you're very serious about. And I can't wait to hear you go on a tear. (laughs) This is a topic. Go ahead. What's the topic? Your worst nightmare, late paying clients. Mm. So Mm. let's just give a little background for our new listeners. Um, Gene is a small business owner and he has a 10 person small tech company. Right. And he has what? 600 clients in the Philly area. Mostly mostly. some all over the country. So you're billing out what, at least a hundred clients yeah. every month. Yeah. It's a pretty good, yeah. We, we, I mean, at any given time we have maybe a hundred, 150 invoices that are outstanding. So after the break, we're going to hear from Gene about how he handles <laughs> late paying clients. <laughs> oh. This podcast is brought to you by the Hartford. When the unexpected strikes, the Hartford strikes back for over 1 million small business customers. Check out the Hartford small business insurance at the Hartford.com. So the first thing I want to talk about is how do you set up your billing system to discourage late paying clients? Yep. Do you do anything? Yep. What What do you do? Oh, we're talking about this now? <laughs> okay. So yeah. So um, yeah, we're in the recording. Yeah. Video, all right. So, we're so okay. So guys, so listen, if you've got, uh, you know, the, the best way to avoid having to collect money is to not have any late playing clients. Yes. So you want to take some steps to try and minimize the number of late paying clients that you have. And, um, and, and keep in mind, Elizabeth, this is such a near and dear question. We, as business owners, every business owners shares this in common. I mean, yes. we can be from any background, culture, religion, race, country, whatever yeah. country, we, we will all one day be in the, our 80s and <laughs> sitting in a nursing home somewhere. We won't be able to remember what we had for breakfast, but we will always be able to remember the clients that <laughs> stiffed us on payments, right? Yeah, you just, it'll wake any business owner out of a slumber. So you just, yeah, but you, know, you, you never forget this. So um, the idea is to try and avoid those, yeah. those people that aren't paying you or, or are late paying. So, so first, get on blood pressure medication. Yeah, you take blood pressure medicine. But actually, I'm going to get back to that because the whole blood pressure thing is in is it is actually important, but okay. So for starters, um, you want to get your invoices out quickly. That's number okay. one. Okay. So uh, whatever you're doing, when you ship, when you provide a service, you need to make sure that you've got a, a policy, a procedure for getting that invoice out right away. So just to just to interrupt you for a second, um, and I am the host, so I can't interrupt you. I By guess. all means. This is why I love mobile payments. Yes. Because if yes. you have, let's say you own a landscaping company, and I feel like I use this example all the time, but it works for this. And, you know, you one of your employees goes out and takes a tree down in someone's yard. Yep. And they go up to the house and they're like, hey, I took the tree down. Here's your bill. You get the payment right there. And it's kind of like, you're either going to pay me or I'm going to leave this huge tree in your yep. yard. Absolutely. So. so- so you get invoices out and ideally you get paid right away. 
mm-hmm. at the same time. Now, getting the invoices out it depends on the terms that you have with your clients. But at the very least, when the service is performed, the product is performed, you might have a mobile application like a, a FreshBooks, um, a Zero, a QuickBooks Online, an Indonero. There's a bunch of them. Um, and you just, you know, you, you generate that mobile invoice and you teach your people that are providing the services to generate the invoice so that it gets out. Yep. They can be blind copy to your accountants. They can double check it. If an invoice goes out wrong, then fix it. It's not the end of the world. A lot of people are like, oh, I don't want to send out a wrong invoice. Like, you know what? 99% of them are going to be right. And then if somebody screws something up, you, just, you call the customer who screwed up the invoice, let us send you another invoice. Yeah. But at least you get it out. That's number one. To your point, if you can collect the money, collect the, the money. Take credit cards. So I know we've talked about this a hundred times in the past about taking credit cards, but take credit cards and make sure that you're getting you're, you're you're getting paid right away. It is well worth the credit card fee to get you know paid now rather than having to like chase down money months later from some mm-hmm. deadbeat that didn't pay you. You know, um, you know, for other clients, um, there are some customers that you worry about and some that you don't. And it's always the 80-20 rule. So you really, when people talk about putting in procedures for collecting receivables, let's face it, 80% of your customers are good people. They're just going to get the bill. They're going to... They're going to pay. They're going to pay on time. You know them. You're familiar with them. So you don't even, you don't need to worry about them. You need to worry about the 20% of customers. They are either new customers because you really have never done business with them before, so you're not... 100% 100% sure how they're going to be. And then you've got the other customers that you just know are like known deadbeats or they're just, they delay payments or whatever. And you're still doing business with them because let's admit it, we're all business owners and you know, we're, we're, yeah, we're to. trying to make a buck. So um, it, it really is an 80, 20, you know, issue. So you get the invoice fast, you, you get paid immediately when you can. Then you look at your customers and you just, you want to focus on those 20% that you know are late payers. That's just a given. Okay. For those that you know are late payers, or even those that are new customers, and by the way, hopefully you've done a credit check as well on those new customers. You've looked at Dunn and Bradstreet. That's not you've gotten for some everyone, references. though. Like not some everyone. types of businesses, are you're not going to do... You're not. And there's an 80-20 rule for that as well. Okay. So if you, are, if you have a new customer, you might say, listen, for any new customer that's... We're sending an invoice that's more than $2,500. We're going to do a credit check for those guys. Okay, but if it's less than twenty five hundred bucks, fine. We'll we'll let it slide because it's not worth the time. So it's an eighty twenty rule when it comes to credit checks. So do a credit check though on those customers that are new. Now the invoice is out. You didn't get paid yet. The invoice is out. Um, again, for that twenty percent of customers, you do want to schedule follow ups. I like using a CRM system, right? A lot of accounting systems have reminders now, are as you well. Doing the follow ups? No, we're going to talk about that in a minute as well. But no, as follow ups should be scheduled. So that again, for those 20% of customers that you're just not sure if they're going to pay or pay on time, you should be emailing them a reminder. And the email should have a copy of your invoice, like re-invoicing them with the email, um, which you can send to the invoice. Hey, here, just in case you forgot, here's the invoice with, and your invoicing system. And they all have this, you know, all the accounting systems have, you just, please just click on this button and you can pay by credit card. Like just prompt and nudge and prompt and nudge. This is all up to when the invoice comes due, right? So that's important to do, okay? Now, let's get to the part where the invoice has now gone overdue, okay? There used to be a time back in the day when I was running my business where my accounting manager would send to me a receivables listing every week, and then I would see people that went overdue when their invoice was due, and I would get nauseous. I would get angry, violent 
and then I would get nauseous. Okay. Right. I mean, it just, and there was nothing and any business owner knows this that provides a service or ships a product. You just, you really, you can't believe you, you've done everything you said you were going to do. And then the person hasn't paid yet. And then or, you're like, can I move into retail? Yeah. Because... I'm going to, right. Or I'm, I'm literally, or I'm just, or I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to shut, I'm going to kill this guy. And then on top of all of that, there's, then there's the customers that'll pay partially pay an invoice. Because, you know, you did one little thing wrong or one little thing is open and they'll only pay. Oh, God, that's yeah, almost worse. That's the worst. I mean, then you get, you know, a partial payment. There's all that sort of things. Around. And then there are plenty of customers around that will lie to you. Uh, you know, you, you know, pay, yes, I'm checks in the mail. I promise to pay you this week. You know, it's all good. And then no payment. There's plenty. You, you'll get lied to a lot as well. Okay. This is all after an invoice is due. My advice on all of that, because collections, there's no silver bullet. It's a matter of just pursuing it. You don't pursue it. So I learned this when I was going through bottle after bottle of (laughs) Pepto-Bismol looking at these receivables. I finally turned to my accounting manager and I said, you know what? I'm going to pay you a little extra per week to spend a little extra time. And um, I want you to do it. Okay. I'm not, I'm not dealing with the receivables anymore. Just for your mental health. Yeah. And literally that's a huge thing, Elizabeth. And and I was, I, I said to Susan and she still is my accounting manager. I you she deals with the collections. I don't know. I don't even know. It's not. She could care less. And I don't mean this in a bad way. Tara's just a job and it's just part of her job. And you know, she kind of finds it amusing. She actually gets a little sort of, you know, savagery out of it. You know, she (laughs) she's pursuing some of these people. She gets entertained. She doesn't even she used to share the stories with me, and then she knew that would make me violent so she doesn't even <laughs> tell me the stories you know what i mean i don't even know about the only time where i know that um and you know a um there's a problem is if like you know more than one invoice is overdue and you know another invoice is due to this client and she'll make me aware yeah <clears throat> and then i got it then then i put a red light on everything yeah so um and i'm pretty draconian about it so you know we'll have one invoice overdue and then we still continue to provide services. And then the second invoice is being sent out. I know they haven't paid the first one. And she makes me aware of that. Um, and then I tell everybody, red light. That's yeah. working on the project until we get paid. Now, sometimes clients really get annoyed at that. Like, I'm the bad guy. You know? So I've gotten calls and How? emails. I know, don't, don't ask. Don't ask. I mean, it's, it's everybody. It's my fault. It's nobody else's fault but my fault, right? I mean, you know, God forbid that I'm asking to get paid on an invoice. <laughs> Uh, but it's out, you know, we're having cash flow issues or you guys haven't finished this kind of workout yet. I mean, it's the first time I'm hearing from this person and I didn't realize that something we did wasn't done. It's 60 days after the invoice is doing now. I'm, I'm hearing about it for the first yeah. time. Do you know what I mean? Like, come on, let me, you know, if you let me knew earlier about it, then we would have fixed it earlier. And now I'm finding out now. So that happens. Right. So, again, Susan runs interference for me on that as well. She will deal with the client and say, oh, yeah, I'm Gene's accounting manager. Oh, I see there's a problem. I'll talk to Gina. She has a very good way about this you know, with me. We've worked together for a long time yeah. um, and, and we can handle problems that way. She's learned not to get me involved because when I get involved on an overdue invoice, I lose clients. <laughs> I, I, I really do. I mean, I get it. It gets ugly fast because I have very, very personal. It's personal, and I, I have no time for nonsense. Yeah, and I don't suffer fools very well. So if somebody isn't paying me, and they're not telling me why they're not paying me, they're just acting like a jerk. And they're not paying me. I, I have very little patience for that. Yeah. and and some people are so much better at that than I am. They can handle, and those are the those. Then we get to keep the client. 
But the, everybody knows when I get involved in a collection issue, we're, we're going to lose the client. Yeah. That's why. So we try to <laughs> avoid me being involved. Only twice in the 24 years that I've been running this business have we sent money out for collection. It's like a collection attorney. Um, and once it succeeded and once it never, he still didn't. And we just wrote it off. Really? You know? Yeah. Um, and when it succeeded, we gave like 35% of it, I think, to the collection attorney. Yeah. And they were very good. Um, but it only happened twice. So that's a testament that's to Susan. Nice. But but I she doesn't tell me. I know we have late invoices. You know, and when I mean late, not, you know, crazy late, but more than 30 days or whatever. And she she doesn't tell me about it. She follows up. And it has made such an enormously positive impact on my health yeah. by just having her run. How long have with you her. been having her do that? Like, it's literally been about 10 years okay. since she's been doing it. And it was literally, uh, I mean, it was literally making me physically ill. Yeah. So, so that's why most people talk to me about collections. You take all the steps you can to avoid an invoice going late. You have to accept the fact that there are going to be some jerks and deadbeats out there that are just not going to pay or monkey around with you for whatever the reason is, yeah. okay? And I'm telling you, the best advice I can give to a business owner to deal with that is you have somebody else deal with it for you. There's no silver bullet. Let that person, because then they got a call and they got a follow-up. So how up, would you find someone? It's easy. I mean, it's it's a... I don't, I don't want to... Uh, make this like belittle the job, but it's, it's really a very low skilled job. You can go and get a contractor from Upwork or Craigslist. Susan is stabbing the Jean Marco yeah. doll right now. No, she is. She's, I mean, Susan's great at what she does, but she'll tell you it doesn't take that much brains to send out an email or call and, you know, just to remember to call twice a week until the person well, is shamed into paying. What I'm saying is what would you do? Hire a contractor who's your yeah. bookkeeper? Yeah. Or can you hire a bookkeeper through... A bookkeeping service it and add be, this to it their... It does not have to be a skilled person is all I'm saying. Okay. So if you've got an existing bookkeeper and that person is willing to take on that extra task, that's even better because yeah. they're most familiar with your books and what they're doing or whatever. But it, it does not have to be a skilled person. It just has to be an organized person so that when the, when, the, when the customer lies to that person and says that they're going to pay their bill, that person is scheduled to follow up one week later or what, a few days later so they can call the customer back up and say, gee, at 11.57 a.m. on yeah. May 12th, you said that you're going to pay my bill and it's now May 18th at, let's see, 2.10 p.m. and we haven't received your check yet. I mean, you literally have to do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what, you know, can, can we take a credit people. card? You do. And um, it's very, um, it's unproductive, distracting work for a business yeah. owner to do. And it takes you away from what you do best. And then you know what it does? It really... It sours you, you know, a little bit. And you don't want that. You want to be, yeah. you know, you, you want to be positive. Yeah. You want to be uh, championing. And again, it's the 80% of your clients are good people. They're, they don't act this way. And um, and really even the 20% that are left over don't act this way just because included in that 20% are new clients and people you just don't know. So it's really just a small percentage of people that are going to behave that way. Don't let them get you down. Let All somebody right. else deal with it. We'll be right back with Gene's Board of Brilliance. Would you like for your next major business purchase to be paid for by credit card rewards points? Learn how you might be able to do that in Small Biz Ahead's new ebook, The Ultimate Guide to Business Credit Cards. In this free ebook, you'll learn how you can rack up rewards points for your next major business purchase or personal vacation, how you can use business credit cards so they won't affect your personal credit, and even how to keep employees from using their work credit cards for personal use. Just head over to smallbizahead.com and click the link in the show notes to get your free ebook today. And we're back and ready for Jean's word of brilliance. Social. 
I wrote about this elsewhere, although I'd like to write about it for Small Biz Ahead, I just want to say. But I do. Okay. It, I, I covered a, um, a survey that no. was done. Oh, really? I'm kidding. Oh, golly, you scared me. So I covered a survey that was done, Elizabeth, um, uh, that was done by a big communications company, and they surveyed um, more than 1,100 consumers. 71% of those consumers said that they are more apt to spend more money with a business if the business supports a social cause. So they're more apt to spend as long as it's a positive or an environmental cause. Now, by the way, there's a caveat to that. The majority of them said that they wouldn't be spending more money if the business supported a cause that they didn't believe in. <laughs> so it's a kind of a tricky you know, yeah. line. But the reason why I find that interesting is that back in the day, business was business and personal was personal. So businesses did their thing and they didn't get involved in social issues. They sold pipes or mowed lawns in your landscaping yeah. scenario or did whatever. Now it's almost becoming a thing that businesses, both big and small, um, need to get involved a little bit more to the extent that, you know, employees judge the business owners based on their involvement in social oh, yeah. causes. And uh, now consumers say that, you know, you, you, you could be losing customers, you know, if you are not more socially active. What do you think about that? Do you, you know, uh, would you spend more money at a business? Say you love dogs. So say, you know, I, you, you have a... I actually have a really good example. Go ahead. So I started buying a new shampoo. Okay. This is true. This is not something I do very often. And... <laughs> yes. And um, so I, you know, I bought shampoo and conditioner from this... It's like a small online company. So this was like November. And then in December, I was looking around for gifts for I have a nephew who's eight. And then I have some friends who have like seven or eight year old kids. And I thought, I don't want to get these kids like another toy or, mm -hmm. you know, I, something like that. So I usually get them books. So anyway, this is a long, this is kind of a long story. You're the aunt that gets, uh, that gets books for I'm, your nieces <laughs> and nephews. Ugh. I'm getting Let's just get them socks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, Aunt Elizabeth's <laughs> gifts. Yeah, I can't wait to open that. I found this <laughs> elephant sanctuary in Africa. Okay. And for $50, you can quote unquote adopt one of the elephants. And you get um, every month, you get like a, a letter from the sanctuary with a journal about what the elephant well, was. They're baby like elephants. Like sure. What the elephant was doing. Sure. So anyway, I decided to get this. It was like fifty dollars to sponsor an elephant for adopt an elephant for a year. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, when you get it, you get like this certificate from them, like you are now the proud foster <laughs> parent of a great. an elephant. Sure. So it's great. I got this for a couple of my my friends' kids and my nephew. And then the week after Christmas, I got a letter, an email from this shampoo and conditioner hair care company that said. We've adopted a elephant, and it was the same sanctuary that I had adopted from. Oh my gosh, from. that's amazing! So you must have really been loving that, I right? I felt like so much more affinity for this hair care, even sure. though their their products are like a little more <laughs> expensive than I would right. normally spend. Right, I was so impressed by that. Yeah, um, you know, it's funny. I mean, like you just said about the products being more expensive. In the end, listen, it is about your product or service and price and all. It's all important. Yeah. But if all of those things are being equal. I think people are right. They'll, they'll yeah. lean towards going with companies that are are just more supportive. Now, again, like the survey said, it's a tricky line because if you support some social cause, 
don't know, if you pick up some controversial cause that you're supporting, you might lose customers yeah. because of it. So you got to be careful. I think elephants are Oh, my pretty... God. Yeah. I mean, okay, you might lose the, you know, the, the contingent of hunters that are consumers, right? Yeah. But I don't know how many hunters are washing their hair anyway, right? So if you're a shampoo customer, <laughs> you know, you're, yeah, you're probably fine. It's pretty safe. I mean, it's a company <laughs> that's trying to appeal to millennial and Gen sure. X women sure. who are, you know... Makes complete sense. An elephant adoption fits right in there. Right. But I know, like, speaking as an employee of the Hartford, like, we support a lot of causes around the Hartford area. It's very, very important to a lot of the employees here who do a lot of volunteering. Interesting. And um, it it really makes a big difference with recruiting people, especially younger people, really want to know that you're you have good ethics and that you're charitable. It is. It is. It's you know, it's funny. You, you do wonder if it turns into more business. I don't want I mean, this is going to sound really selfish, but, you know, if I were to say that my company, the Marks Group, was going to give 1% of its revenues, you know, to this charity or that, right? Yeah. So, okay, I'm giving up 1% of my revenues to this. So that's obviously that's cash going out. But yeah. would that would that be made up by maybe potentially more customers, that say, wow, we, we, we want to or enjoy doing business with these people because they support this cause. Well, do, do you, you know what a, I mean? Like, would there a, be an offset? I think I think there would be. You think so? Eventually over time. But also, do you get a tax break for that? Um, well, you get a charitable deduction, yeah, yeah, that you can take. So there is a break, but it's still, you know, you're still spending, you yeah. know, money on that. But it is a, um, it, it just seems like nowadays, because it's a thing on my mind, like maybe we, we, you know, we are involved, my wife and I, in a couple of local charities, but I'm not doing, we're only doing it personally. And I think, geez, you know, I was writing this article and after reading this research and saying, you know, I don't know, should I make it more of a company thing as well? Because well, maybe, maybe prospective clients or existing clients maybe would actually. Maybe you should adopt a baby elephant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big supporter of elephant rights. So, yeah, yeah maybe I should. Yeah. Maybe right. I should. Um, actually, maybe we should do a show about that, like different... Baby elephants? No. I don't know nothing about <laughs> elephants. Different charities or causes that companies could support that maybe they wouldn't be isolating anyone. Maybe. There is, it's, there's a long list. Yeah, hunger. There's a long, children. hunger seems to be, yeah. You know, animal charities animal seem, right? Diseases, things like cancer <laughs> or whatever. It seems like Diseases are always good. Always good. Okay. Thanks for joining us this week, everyone. We'll be back in a couple days with an episode about market research and whether or not it would be useful for your small business. No, it won't be, but we'll discuss why later. <laughs> Thanks for joining Elizabeth and Jean for another edition of the Small Biz Ahead podcast. For the latest on small business trends straight from the small business experts, visit the Hartford Small Biz Ahead. We've got articles, how-tos, and videos to help you run your business more efficiently. Check us out at smallbizahead.com.